Hello everyone, welcome to our vocational discernment series of Wednesday webinars. Today we are joined by Reverend Father Melvin Mangalith Paul, one of the newly ordained Sierra Malabar priests from the Diocese of Chicago. He was just ordained last month and he just completed his theological studies in Rome. Today he will be taking a session on the topic, Here I Am. And this uh, webinar will be recorded for future use. So have your notebooks and pens ready. And if you have any questions, please put in the Q&A box and send it over. Now I will hand it over to Father Melvin. All right. Uh, good evening. Well, sorry, excuse me. Good afternoon for you guys. Uh, a very big joy and pleasure and honored to be with you all, to give you a, a small gist of what my discernment process was like, and also uh, sharing with you my vocation story, uh, and then going into bit, into what actually is discernment and how we can discern each of our vocations, and um, uh, and how the God has actually uh, really chosen me, and uh, really see God's hand and God's mercy uh, throughout my years, and especially even to this very moment. Uh, and uh, again. Uh, a warm uh, welcome to everyone and also especially uh, to His Excellency uh, Bishop Bosco for uh, allowing me to have this opportunity and to all, especially uh, Sojin who reached out to me uh, asking me to share my experience and sharing a little bit of my discernment uh, and also to everyone. Thank you for joining in. Uh, and excuse my, maybe, I'm not sure if you guys can hear me, my audio, if there's a delay or anything, but excuse me. Uh, and if there's any, if I'm talking too fast or you don't understand my American accent and you want me to uh, tone it down, maybe go slower, just uh, chat me. Uh, and so thank you. Uh, um, um, yeah, maybe first of all, we can just uh, start with a small little prayer, maybe with the Hail Mary. Uh, I really liked how you guys start with the, some music, you know, kind of build up that momentum. Uh, I see Australia is at another level. Uh, I'm really, I'm just looking forward to coming one day, uh, especially seeing those kangaroos and <laughs> I've never been to Australia and uh, really looking forward to one day just coming over after all the, the mess and, and meeting you all, maybe God willing. Um, uh, and so I'll start by introducing myself. My name is Father Melvin. I was just ordained like maybe a month and a half ago on May 16th. Uh, and uh, it's been a huge blessing uh, to be able to be a priest for Jesus Christ and uh, to be able to serve the diocese and be on fire, you know, especially celebrating the Holy Gurbana. Uh, yes. And with that being said, let us begin with a small little Hail Mary. Uh, please pray for me and pray for everyone on this call uh, as we offer up everything into our Blessed Mother's hand. As we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Okay, so I'll start off with my, my story, how it all began. Uh, it, it all started in, uh, in college uh, during my third year in, in university. Uh, I never had the thought of uh, being a priest, I never actually wanted to. And uh, unexpectedly on one day we had parish night here uh, where we invited all the parents and we 
conducted everything, rearranged the music, rearranged the, the prayers, activities, everything, the food. Um, and on my way to the event, I had seven passengers in the car and I was driving. Uh, and right when we got to the church, I was trying to pull into the parking lot and all of a sudden I just missed my blind sight and, and, and the car just comes and just uh, rams it right in front of my uh, in my Highlander, you know, and uh, just a very devastated day because in that parish event, I was supposed to be organizing a lot of things. I was supposed to give a talk on the Holy Spirit because it was on the Feast of Pentecost, but I was in tears. When I got into the accident, uh, pulled into the parking lot, I was just crying, you know, I didn't know what to do. Um, and I told the, the, the chair who's in charge of this that I don't know if I can give this talk. I'm like not totally into uh, even this event, I'm totally out of it. It's been a horrible day. Um, and then, but he's like, don't worry, just just do your best kind of thing. And so I just closed my eyes and did it. Uh, and thankfully, I don't know how it went. I don't remember. It's a long time ago. But immediately after me was this, uh, she's a sister now. Back then, she was still discerning and uh, she completed her studies as a physician. And she was about to enter the convent. Her name is Sister Jocelyn Edetel. She's from the Malanga, right? From the Bethany Sisters. And she gave a beautiful reflection and her own story about vocations and, uh, and how she really, really felt the, uh, the call uh, to, to be a nun, a religious uh, sister, and how she entered with such, so many pressures from the, uh, from the outside, from family, and uh, uh, just giving up her whole life, her job, her profession, everything for, for the Lord. And it was really inspiring for me. Something really radical just kind of struck me. Uh, in that kind of devastating, horrible moment, something just kind of hit me like a lightning bolt, you know, and I started to think about the priesthood, something that I never desired, something I never wanted at all. Um, uh, and so, you know, growing up in the parish after my personal encounter with Christ, um, uh, I, you know, I, I turned my whole life around, but I never had this thought of priesthood. But it was on this particular day, for some strange reason, I started to think about this every day. I go to my house, I go to school, I go to uh, wherever it may be. This is the only thought that I could just, you know, not eliminate from my mind. Uh, I, uh, and it just kind of bothered me. And I had this devotion, daily practice of going to Holy Mass because uh, my Latin church was very convenient. So right before going to, and, you know, this was the same question, Lord, what is this? I don't like this at all. I don't want to do this, you know. Uh, and then this was right after, right before, uh, and so right after this incident, two weeks after, I went to uh, Haiti for a mission trip. And in Haiti, uh, I was the only guy in the group. And all the others were all, you know, Chaitis and Chaitans. I was the youngest one. Uh, and I, all I could do was travel with the priest there. Uh, he was a missionary Italian priest. Uh, and we would go to uh, this camp right after the earthquake in 2010 NGOs built a camp for those who lost their homes and food and shelter and this pastor who was in charge of this he created a whole uh, he created a church there called, called St. Thomas right? St. Thomas Church and they were in the process of building and every day he would go to uh, this camp to give food to give whatever they needed you know some maybe financial needs uh, and on Sundays it was huge with just gatherings and baptisms and holy mass, uh, very beautiful. And so this was a very inspiring priest. And I would go to, with him to the camp every day. And his life just 
was just on fire. He was uh, a bit older, you know, maybe, you know, in 60s, 70s, but very vibrant, very holy. Uh, I remember that, you know, he trusted me so much and he had so much work on a particular day. He would just give me tasks to do. For example, like I, when he was dealing with so many of the poor people, he would ask me to give communion to, uh, to the elderly or people around that region. And uh, that really kind of, uh, he would like took care of me as his like own, uh, own brother, own child, you know, to really pushing me forward. And, uh, and I asked him so many questions, even so I denied it inside. I kept asking Lord or Father Isaiah, what is this? Is this going to give me any happiness? Like, are you happy? Uh, I feel like you guys are crazy. Like, uh, <laughs> going after, you know, the priesthood, you know, with celibacy, all these kind of, um, um, just like, you don't know what to expect when you be a priest and stuff. And so I had all these questions and doubts. Um, but towards the end of Haiti, I was kind of like getting a more fervor for the priesthood. And I started seriously thinking about it. And people were uh, really helping me understand the beauty of priesthood. And I started to fall, slowly fall in love with it. Uh, and this kind of, the seed was put in that, by that sister, but it started to grow each day. As I said, Lord, I don't want to do this, but if this is something you want, thy will be done. Thy will be done. That was kind of my constant prayer at the moment. And so after Haiti, I came back. Uh, I shared this with my mother, uh, and she wasn't very happy. She she shed a little, you know, a bit of uh, a little bit of tears, and she uh, was like, "Are you sure, Monet? You know all that." And, uh, uh, and so, uh, I, you know, I, it took some time. I at least took a year before I entered the seminary. And so I started off with telling my, my parents, especially my mom, but she held off. I didn't tell my dad immediately. I told her, please don't share it with anyone. I told my mom, uh, and, uh, she wasn't really happy. And then after a couple of, maybe a couple, two, three weeks, I, I find a spiritual director. I feel like I need someone. I need at least a priest. You know, there was this vibrant priest. Uh, in the local region. Um, maybe I should have started off this before. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland, a state called Maryland, right next to D.C., Washington, D.C., where um, our president, Donald Trump, lives. Um, uh, but um, Maryland, uh, and so from Maryland, there's another state called Virginia, and uh, there was an amazing holy priest, and I asked him for him to be my spiritual director. And uh, and this priest was, you know, so open, and he asked me to you know meet maybe every every month you know we would meet on uh, monthly meetings and uh my the first meeting it was all over the phone and he told me and i you just pray to god for a sign if this is your call because he, he could tell that i was anxious i just needed that one answer that one sign and being dramatic as i am and god did that so i asked i asked god lord give me a sign give me a sign if this is really what you want from me uh and I prayed that I, I offered up during the Holy Mass, and then two days after, I we I went to Mass. That was, I had I had no classes that day. I went to class. I went to Mass that day with my mom. We came back home, and she was sharing with me as he, as we were just kind of chatting, having breakfast. And I really felt like you should go forward with this. I really felt uh, convicted that this is your call, and you should move forward uh, with this decision to the priesthood. And so this was that one sign that God actually, uh, the first and first sign that he, he showed me. And ever since this moment, I, I continued with courage. I continued with this uh, kind of openness and realization that, okay, this is going to be okay. You know? uh, and, and so that was my first sign. And then 
uh, that same day when my mom told me that, I went off to university. Uh, I was on the way back. On my way back, I was driving and I got a call from my mom and she said, hey, I told dad, I've, been, I've never seen him cry so much in my life. He's devastated, you know, and, you know, being the only son in the family, I have a younger sister. Uh, it was hard for my parents to accept, especially for my dad. Uh, when I walked in, a, when I got home that day, I walked into the door, through the doors and his face was just in tears. He was just kind of bawling. Uh, he couldn't just accept it and he wouldn't speak to me for a week. Uh, and so that was the reality of my parents' situation. But I kept moving forward. I wasn't discouraged. I was um, happier than ever. And I, I kept meeting with the same priest. And he helped me each week just to uh, sit down with me, you know, different uh, aspects of the priesthood. He would have casual, informal conversations. We would go for walks. We had you know, dinner together. So he would actually take care of me and loved me and nurtured me and answer all those questions. Uh, and then later on, I wanted more science, you know, and at this moment, I was reading books on the priesthood to save a thousand souls. There's so many resources. Um, I was watching videos on YouTube. Uh, so I used all the resources I could get. And even going to daily mass, the priest in my local church, he's like, hey, get in the car. Let's go visit a seminary. I hadn't shared anything with him. Uh, and so he just felt just this need to just show me the seminary. And I knew I fell in love. I fell in love. When my God, sometimes you just, when you get into the seminary environment, you just know this is where I belong. I know a friend of mine, he went to a seminary uh, one day and he was discerning the priesthood. He was like, okay, this is the last place I want to be, you know, kind of thing. Um, and so I, I, I started to grow this fervor inside my heart. I, uh, I went forward and, my, and I kept wanting signs. I kept doubting, Lord, is it really what you want? Uh, you know, because my, and maybe I should have started off by saying this, my dreams before this seed was put in that, by, put in my heart by that sister, it was, you know, a big house, big car, you know, all these kind of, you know, and a beautiful family, all that kind of um, beautiful things. <laughs> um, uh, anyways, but, you know, and so in my, the fervor started to grow, but I still, still kept doubting. Uh, and uh, later I went to a discernment retreat in the archdiocese and uh, it was a three-day retreat uh, it wasn't just focused on the priesthood but the sermon in general marriage whatever just for clarity and on the very last day of the retreat we had night vigil and uh, i picked 3 a.m thinking that was that's when god's gonna come down in clouds call me on the you know phone and give me this vocal voice saying hey melvin you're called but no it didn't happen that way i'm sorry uh, so I picked 3 a.m., 3 a.m., thinking, you know, it's the best time. I slept early. I woke up maybe 20 minutes before. Oh, I had 20 minutes. I slept. Uh, and the next thing you know, I overslept, and I woke up at 4 a.m., all worried, anxious. Ah, oh, what do I do? I grabbed my Bible. I went to the church. I'm on my knees. I'm, you know, I have my hands just uh, opened up like this, and I told the Lord, I'm not called. I'm not this. I'm nonsense, you know. I don't know why you um, inspired me with this. I'm the last person that I should be joining the priesthood. And then there was another guy in the chapel and I heard all of a sudden I heard a voice, you know, and I don't really hear voices. I don't hear all these kind of dramatic things, but I heard this Melvin, Melvin, do you love me? What Melvin, do you love me? What does that mean? You know, and then I heard it again. Melvin, do you love me? Melvin, do you love me? I did, it's like a voice in the, from your heart, not some vocal, dramatic voice, but just a voice from the heart. 
uh, he kept asking that three times. And that was at the end of John, the chapter of the Gospel of John, when Jesus speaks to Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my sheep, tend my sheep. And I, I, I knew where this was. I opened up the Bible and the last verse, uh, follow me. And so again, it's right before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, through the word of God and in the silence of my heart, I heard that. Uh, and so this is my, my, my vocation story in one sense, how God showed me this beautiful uh, journey through different signs, you know, and um, I think it's, it's important, especially when you think about discernment, uh, first and foremost, uh, really kind of reflecting on your, who you are. You know, we have all these questions of who you are, what should we do, what is God calling me, what is my identity, uh, um, all these kind of questions that we have and we want answers for. We're not happy where we are, uh, all these things. And I think the important thing to remember, especially when you're, dis you're discerning, is that when the, the prophet Jeremiah, i uh, start off just with this verse, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I dedicated you. A prophet to the nations, I appointed you. I knew that God in his creation, God, the moment he created me, he destined me for this, he created me. But I'm not going to know that maybe instantly. It's over time when I allow myself to be God's instrument and I take action. You know? And so maybe the first two things I would tell you guys is when you guys are discerning, when you guys are thinking about the priesthood, when you guys are thinking about whatever vocation, is take action. Just, just sit there and let, you know, maybe allow God to do nothing. Nothing's probably going to work. But I think the first and foremost step is to take action. Uh, what do I mean by taking action? I don't say that you feel this call and go join the seminary next day. No. What do I mean? by this is that you take your time. You take the small steps that's needed. Maybe it's visiting a seminary. Maybe it's reaching out to that spiritual director, spiritual father, that priest that you're inspired by and asking him questions. Uh, uh, maybe it's stopping in the adoration chapel just to get more clarity. Maybe it's saying one Hail Mary to get more clarity. Whatever it is, it's taking small steps which will eventually help us to, to make that, you know, that have clarity and make uh, a wise decision because it's kind of like uh, algebra you know you have to collect data uh, uh, what what uh, what you know you have to find what x equals and you have to have all the the unknown variables right y is and uh, b and a whatever it is but you have to gather all the data i gather all the data how by taking small little steps by asking spirit directors by asking people for help, asking questions, uh, researching on the priesthood. Uh, at the time, I read a book called To Save a Thousand Souls. So first step, to take action. Um, uh, uh, and then, um, and so that will eventually help you to gather all the information um, and uh, really uh, have not be kind of confused and all over the place, but to really focus on that, you know. And then over, don't overthink signs you know god's going to give you certain signs uh and i'm sure that in our uh, in our humanity we sometimes doubt we have we don't have we have a lack of faith but it's entrusting our desires our will into the hands of the father right and and god will give you signs uh, and don't overthink signs that oh um okay 
I didn't wake up 3 a.m. That doesn't mean, oh, God's not going to call me. You know, don't, don't do that, you know, because um, that's what I happened. And I think I thought that I had to be this perfect guy to enter seminary. But God accepts us in our, in our, uh, in our weaknesses, in our brokenness. Uh, I think the question is, are you broken enough? Uh, to discern are you are you weak enough to discern are you um, ready to uh, allow yourself to be to kind of know yourself you know so that's what's important first and foremost uh, before i go on to go off on the tangents first and foremost is take action all little steps second is uh to vote to focus on one vocation at a time if you're thinking about the priesthood or marriage whatever it is Focus on that one thing. When I was discerning the priesthood, uh, when I had this kind of thought of priesthood, I was actually, I liked this one girl at school. We would uh, always study together. And I was thinking about asking her out on a, you know, to get into a relationship and she vice versa. But I had this kind of uh, dilemma. I didn't know what to do. I was having a tough time choosing. Should I discern the priesthood or should I get into the relationship? So I got many advices. You know, I got one from, uh, there's one priest uh, from locally from here and then also my spiritual father and uh, gathering all my data I decided okay I need to focus on priesthood um, and, and that's, that's probably how I ended up being here so maybe if I went the other way it's something that I um, I, I wouldn't you know who knows you know God uh, God has his own ways but anyways I decided to not continue or pursue that relationship and I went to think and discern about priesthood. Uh, I'm not saying everyone has to do that. Maybe it is getting up, getting across the room, walking across the room, asking that girl and date. Who knows? It's taking action. And then first of all, focusing on one vocation. Uh, so that's key. Uh, just to try to keep that in mind. Um, and, uh, and then uh, last but not least is, is prayer. You, know, you have to pray. Uh, prayer is a fundamental in any discernment, in any uh, way. Uh, you have to allow yourself to be immersed in whatever it is. It may be Holy Kurbana. It may be some time in silence before the Lord. It may be rosary. Whatever it is, we need prayer in our lives. Uh, and then first and foremost, it starts with the sacraments, uh, especially the Holy Kurbana. Uh, I think it's important to really realize the depth of our Sira Malabar Kurbana. In here you give all praise to God. You know, I was telling, uh, uh, just, I was giving a, a teen's retreat just the other day and I was telling him this, we're praising and glorifying God. And sometimes we ask her, God doesn't need our praise. Why do we praise God? Uh, he's a God who, uh, who, who created us everything when he didn't even need to create yet. That's right, so create us. Uh, so we can ask ourselves, so why do we repeatedly pray, for, you know, praise God and all these it's because of the, he created us in his love and mercy, even though he didn't need to create us, you know, us, our being, our beauty, our identity. Um, it's really important to realize where we come. He created in, he, in, the, in, in the book of Genesis, he's created in our image and our likeness. Our image is our internal soul, right? He created this beautiful soul to be able to, uh, to give our lives to God, to have that a connection with him, relationship with him, to be in intimacy with him. And then what do we do? We give up our bodies. Our reflection of our bodies is sometimes uh, the reflection of who God is. When we say our likeness or God's likeness, it's 
uh, where our beauty that we have reflects God's goodness, maybe God's beauty, you know, all these attributes uh, connected to God. So, you know, we are created in God's image and likeness, and we see that uh, in this beautiful prayer of the Qurbana, especially when we say, holy, 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 uh, you can see, uh, I'll read it off, you know, the adorable name of your most blessed eternity is worthy of honor from every mouth, thanksgiving from every tongue, praise from every creature, for in your great kindness, you created the world, everything in it, and showed humanity your immense mercy. Exactly why we're called, exactly why we're created. In his immense mercy, he created us to love us and, uh, and, and, and to purely just love us, right? And in that, what do we do? We praise God. And that's why throughout the whole Qurbana, especially the first part, we're just saying, glory to God in the highest, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then we say the hardest thing. Thy will be done. This is when we get get us tough, you know, and that's why it's important when we, when Thy will be done gets tough. We need to do those things I mentioned. Take action, even though it's going to be painful, even though it's a reality that we might not be ready to face. When we when we start looking into priesthood or marriage, we're going to find certain truths. Okay, that's true. That's 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 maybe what I'm called to, but I don't want to, you know but thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, we are, we're praising a God who comes down uh, to us in the form of man and becomes just, just with us and in us in a personal relationship. And so it's this important first, uh, last but not least to be, to have a deep prayer life. Um, uh, and so I hope this kind of, these like practical things kind of helped um, and so this, keep this in mind, you know, offer maybe this intention in your rosaries, in your personal prayer, maybe it's the Holy Qurbana, uh, but, that, but dig deeper, you know, remember what Isaiah says, right? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before he created us, he knew us. Right? Before you were born, I dedicated you. I decided and I called you. It's not I, but he who chooses me, St. John says. Um, and a prophet to the nations, I appointed you. Last thing before I close, I don't know if I'm, I'm going past my time, uh, but, uh, no, okay. Um, when you talk about the Holy Spirit, we just celebrated the Feast of Pentecost and everything. And I was reflecting on the acts of the apostles when, 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 the, when the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles. Amazing. It's crazy. Uh, Peter, you know, being that obnoxious fisherman, uh, traveling with Jesus, journeying with him after he died, you know, denied him three times. Uh, during the resurrection, he, you know, jumped out of the boat to go say hi. And then obviously the same verse that I, uh, that I felt inspired and called to, do you love, love me? You know, feed my sheep, tend my sheep. Um, and then when we get to the ascension, again, he goes into this kind of hopelessness. Like, you know, is this real kind of thing, surreal? And uh, right, and right before the, they descend on the Holy, the Holy Spirit descends upon them. They're in this upper room together, worried, anxious, fear, all these things. And then what does God do? When Jesus promises, when I leave and I ascend to the Father, I will leave you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will inspire you and teach you all the truth that you need. And the Holy Spirit descends upon them. And then uh, the people there, they're just saying, the others are scoffing. And they said, they have 
had too much wine because they were praising in tongues. They had, uh, uh, you know, all, all these gifts. They were speaking in different random languages as no one understood. And they said they had too much wine, a little bit too much wine. Um, uh, and then Peter, uh, again, this obnoxious Peter, this fisherman who maybe uh, doesn't get up and he just just gets up there. You know, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He's empowered and he starts to prophesy. He's like, we're not crazy. We're not drinking new wine or wine. But uh, he said, uh, this is, and he speaks from the prophet Joel, right? I'll read it actually. And then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and proclaimed to them, you who are the Jews, indeed, all of you staying in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to my words. These people are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken to the prophet Joel. And then he speaks to, starts to prophecy. Uh, it will come to pass in the last day, God says, that I will pour out a portion of my spirit upon all flesh. Right? This is what the Holy Spirit does. He makes you do the impossible. Uh, you can imagine Peter before this, he was worried. He was not sure of his vocation. He was not sure uh, how Jesus was going to lead us. But when being empowered by the Holy Spirit, through the sacraments, through the word of God, through uh, uh, friendship circles, through spiritual direction, uh, whatever it is, he even fills you with so much grace in the Holy Spirit that what you're able to do, you're able to do the impossible. You're able to prophesy. You're able to discern spirits. You're able to use your different talents and what has God has given you for the glory of God. And so my brothers and sisters, this is it. So uh, whatever, if you're looking for a mission, if you're looking to, uh, you know, dedicate more time for the church, it's, it starts by glorifying God through the Holy Kurban or whatever it is you guys feel like uh, really uh, a closeness and intimacy with our Lord because God is real, you know. Um, when we think of uh, a Lord, sometimes it just seems dry, right? Uh, before maybe COVID, you know, you would go, up to receive communion and you either either have your palms in this shape or you receive with your tongue and you're all kind of excited maybe your first moment maybe for holy communion and you're like oh jesus is dry jesus is yeah, okay this is this is weird this tastes you know normal human but uh, if you just kind of go back to 2000 years and people who journeyed and walked with jesus and they saw this man it's a random dude you know, ran, I mean, not a random, sorry, excuse me, but this is a normal dude. And was he a normal dude? No. Uh, maybe we think that when we see Jesus, he's glowing, he's flying. You know, as soon as he says, Melvin, I you know, just kind of faint and just uh, don't know. But that's not Jesus. Jesus is, it comes in his normality. Maybe we ask ourselves, Lord, why are you hidden? Why are you uh, not not uh, why are you so like invisible kind of thing, right? That's what happens in the Holy Kurbana in our prayer. Sometimes we see this kind of invisible reality because the visible reality is not always in the exterior, although it's there, but it's, it starts with within, you know, it starts with you know, like we're hardwired inside and it's, it starts with what God has, uh, has, has created inside here and it's our souls. And, and from the silence of our hearts, we will hear that voice. I was caught up with all the signs, exterior signs. I forgot to look within me. And that's when, when I went to the Adoration Chapel uh, and before our Lord, you know, he spoke, me, spoke to me the words from the gospel, right? Do you love me? 
you love me from the word from Jesus himself. So uh, I, I mentioned a lot of things. I hope you guys made it made sense. Uh, and feel free to ask questions. I have them open the chat box. Um, but this is all I have uh, for right now, just to my personal share story and also a few practical things that might help you guys. Um, Thank you, Ocha. Uh, I think um, there have been a few questions coming. Can you see them in the Q&A box? Okay. Yeah. If I'm awesome. So you can check them out and answer them. Yeah. Sure. Um, what should my first step or action to discern? I think it's always important first and foremost to, um, to get a spiritual director. Uh, uh, I think that's key. Uh, I talked about the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is definitely your, your primary supreme spiritual director. But um, I think after that comes like maybe a priest, maybe someone you feel comfortable with. Uh, especially during this quarantine time, it's maybe over, the, over a Zoom, over a Zoom call or, or FaceTime. And, and start, start to ask questions, you know, go into what diocesan life is, what religious life is, you know, all these different, um, uh, yeah, all these different uh, uh, questions that we might have. Take that first action to find a spiritual director and ask questions. You know, I feel like that's would be the, the first step to take. Um, when you were talking about choosing to discern the priesthood or discern the relationship, Everything. Yes, of course. Um, uh, uh, I had to lose, you know. I, 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 to, to, to be honest, in that relationship, I had to even lose her because uh, we were both had feelings and attraction to each other, and uh, just just thinking it over, just uh, think. Uh, just trying to, you know, talking and being honest with her. I told her, you know, you know, I do like you, but at the same time, she was, you know, thinking of something else too. Uh, I can't go too much in details, but so with that circumstance, I had to say no. And I feel like that was the best decision for me. Uh, but in whatever kind of uh, uh, thing it is, I think it's, you're definitely going to have this aspect of sacrifice. You're going to have this, uh, area in you where where something's like leaving you or it's gonna be so hard to just you know lose this and you're just gripping it in your control but that's when you had to say lord if if this is your will that will be done um and i hope that answered the question uh there is definitely an aspect of sacrifice that is open and in, in, in any discernment not just priesthood but also marriage um, um so yeah so that's that answer the question if he gives us very strong signs on two different locations what should we do take it one uh, one step at a time maybe uh when you said maybe that first sign you guys had or you, you had uh or maybe it's to the vocation to the marriage kind of take some time and thinking about your life in marriage you know um, I don't know. I wouldn't say I can pinpoint one exact moment or time where God uh, gave me that clear, evident vocal sign, but it was through these various signs, you know. Uh, so I would again wait, you know, don't immediately just act. Uh, but again, going back to spiritual director, because when when you have a spiritual director, he's someone who's wiser. He's kind of like, in one sense, what Saint Saint Teresa said, voice of God, that he would direct you. He wouldn't choose for you. 
but he would put it in perspective and give you the right direction or, or give you different lights so you can kind of take it and think about it and and go about better dis in discernment. So uh, first and foremost is this, you know, spiritual direction. Um, and then I didn't mention this before, but also having a good friend circle. When I was discerning, luckily I had people in my local parish that I was able to talk this through. I had different chairs, I had different elders, uh, but also different personal friends who I share this, my concern for the priesthood. And they would challenge me. They'd be like, are you sure about this? Why? You know? Uh, and so, you know, things like that, you know, and people even challenge me. It's like, even if you like that girl, why do you like that girl? You know, so I think we're in a, we live in a, a time when we uh, have certain attractions, but it's maybe it's just through emotions. We're just emotional high, spiritual high. But what if that, all that is gone? You know, what if her beauty of her, of, of, or, or, you know, his looks or whatever it is, is all gone, you know, and then it's only their soul. It's only their heart. You know, will you still love them and sacrifice for them. Uh, you know, the, all these things are important when you have a spiritual direction and, and a good friendship circle. Okay. Um, so you are in I tell you, you might have to read the question out loud because I think they can't see the questions. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. Sure. Anyways, uh, Father Melvin, you are a young person yourself. How do you fight that feeling of desires, especially keeping your vows, celibacy and chastity? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> I like that question. Um, uh, okay, so celibacy uh, uh, is something that uh, is obviously a gift, a gift that God has given us. And uh, it's something that maybe I don't understand now. And over time, I'm sure that God's going to reveal uh, throughout my life what celibacy, this gift of celibacy is, you know, the gift that I God has given me and chosen me. Uh, and I, I'm telling you, every day when I wake up, it's not the best day. It's not the perfect day. But when I take myself, even in my worst sleep, yesterday, you know, I didn't sleep so well, but I got up in the morning and I just walked myself over to the chapel. Sometimes it's just getting up and doing whatever prayer that you guys do in the first thing in the morning. It's just coming before our Lord and, and just surrendering our heart. Lord, this is hard today, you know, and I'm really tempted, you know. Uh, but uh, I need your help. And with chastity, of course, uh, we all get tempted. Even uh, we're all human. We, over time, we do get different temptations of, uh, uh, you know, but it's, uh, again, having that kind of, I have certain friends, especially Brother Priest and Brother Seminarians, at least two, three that I share these things with, you know. I, I creep in close contact, but also with my spiritual director. Uh, so I use all these kind of instruments in my life to be able to uh, uh, kind of fight, uh, fight joyfully, fight joyfully with celibacy and chastity. Um, yeah. Uh, and okay, next question. What if you now feel you are called to serve the Lord, but you have a very intense past uh, where you have experienced the pleasures of the body? How are we... How are we, are you meant to keep those feelings in check, especially going this a life in church? Uh, I was confused at the end, but uh, the first part, uh, don't, uh, St. John Paul II says this, you are not the sum of your weaknesses, but uh, the Father's love for you. It's, it's, it's not something that, you know, this, you, whatever you did in the past, or maybe something intense in the past, and, uh, 
you know, don't think that it's, it's all over. You know, it's that thing is going to haunt you or you're cursed. When you come before Lord, when you have you know, confessed it, when you have come back to the Lord, you want to really totally dedicate your life. Um, you know, that doesn't define who you are. Who you are, it comes from what's here and, and, and in your relationship with God. God sees you and the people who love you sees you. Uh, you've messed up. You know, you have certain mistakes in the past. But take those things and give it to God. Because in God, he, he breaks it open. He burns it. Uh, and so don't uh, feel like you're haunted from your past. You still have. I know friends in my, in, in college seminary, when I studied in Chicago, uh, I think they could very much relate to you. And, and they've shared, you know, it's not, it's not easy. But I know, I know that, you know, God in his mercy has forgiven me. And I can move forward without any guilt of my past. Uh, and so if you still have these things, talk it out with the spiritual directors, talk it out with uh, friends and, uh, and don't worry, you know, and then the second part, how are we, uh, those feelings in check, especially going this, uh, uh, when you get, start getting anxious and when you start thinking about these different moments, uh, in your life, uh, um, uh, you might, again, you know, uh, be anxious. The Lord says, do not be afraid a thousand times, but we get more, we live in anxious times even now. Uh, but it's maybe uh, even when I was looking to get into university or this or that, sometimes what we do is we like, like to take everything in control. You know, we want to, uh, we are so caught up in the, the nitty gritty of everything that, oh, I'm going to uh, uh, do the best that I can to be able to apply for all these schools and get in the best school. Just, just for example, you know, uh, or, you know, all these thoughts that you have, I'm, I'm trying to control them. These are coming. I can't think about it. Repress, repress. No, that's not going to work. <laughs> um, the, the, the best thing to kind of, uh, not to control in your hands, you know, uh, uh, and to, and to really offer it up, offer it up in, uh, in the Holy, very Holy Kurban. Holy Kurban is powerful. You guys just try it, you know, offer it up, go with Kurbana with an intention and by the end of it, it burns away. Maybe not all of it at that moment, but over time, day by day. Uh, and, 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 and take those feelings and, and logically think through it. You know, who you are. I'm created in God's image and likeness. I'm, I'm loved by God. You know, my, my, my sins don't haunt me. I'm not some of my weaknesses, uh, but for the Father's love for me. You know, that's for who, are, who we're created for, who we're created to be. Uh, to be be able to imitate Christ Himself. So, uh, when those fe feel, feelings come, don't get discouraged. Uh, keep going. Uh, all for, when you even have that one thought, what I do immediately is I I mention our relationship with God. You know, you have to have a, a personal. It's like a person. You know, He's, He gave us a, her, His whole body to us, His whole soul. And what do we do? We have to allow ourselves to uh, be also offer those feelings, offer those desires and thoughts. Uh, and when, when God says, um, do not be afraid, we are able to really find the peace of the gospel, the peace that Peter found when the Holy Spirit descended upon him. And so I hope that all answered your questions. And I'm sorry if I went on tangents and didn't really answer the question. But thank you. Thank you for your patience. Um, thank, thank you, Father Melvin, for your wonderful sharing on your vocational descendant and your Amazing story, and we're going to wrap it up there. Will you be able to give us a blessing? Yeah, sure, definitely. Um, so before I close, I can give you a blessing. Thanks to everyone who joined and participated, uh, especially the youth apostolate and whoever in all the all the 
the team leaders who initiated this, uh, and especially to uh, His Excellency Mar Bosco Putur for um, giving this. Uh, actually, I saw his name on the call, so very honored and privileged to be uh, to share the same video Zoom meeting. So thank you, thank you, uh, Mr. Bosco, and uh, all the participants. And with that being said, um, I, I'll give you a blessing. Lord God, we praise you, adore you, and glorify you. Glory to God in the highest, peace and hope to people on all earth. Uh, Lord, we uh, understand that we, you are our Father, we are your children, and we surrender everything in our hearts, our discernment, our call, all those feelings we have, and we surrender it into your almighty and loving arms. Um, and we continue to uh, say, thy will be done and on earth as it is in heaven. And we surrender our wills so that it may be offered into your holy sacrifice, that we, as your children, may continue to trust you. And I pray and for everyone who's joined this call, especially for the diocese, the party in Australia, uh, and Bishop Bosco and all the participants and leaders of DYA, uh, and continue to be, uh, grow your church and build uh, real apostles and missionaries and even greater vocations. And through the mercy of God and through your loving arms, I pray. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now, always, and forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father, and thank you for all who joined us today. Uh, we hope to see you at the next webinar.